hello and welcome back to Jokerman Podcast, where we are discussing father of American music, Stephen Collins Foster. There you go. And I'll have to do a... That's our next podcast, is about him. He wrote Oh Susanna. <laughs> um, and he wrote it with it with the original version has the n-word in it is that's something we've learned um in in our studies of good as i've been to you um (laughs) bob dylan's folk covers record from 1992 and it's a whirlwind retrospective of some of the greats sure uh now it's time for everyone's favorite jokerman segment certainly my favorite jokerman segment what mustard is this album <laughs> what would this album be if it was in a kind of mustard <laughs> what what were you gonna say Ian? Were you i was gonna say, gonna say the part where we talk about the cover oh yeah <laughs> um <laughs> you know i realized we didn't even do the mustard thing for the that last uh, patreon episode we said we were going yeah. to and by the end we we, we forgot well, tune into uh, the next Patreon episode where we're only talking about all of the mustards that all of the Bob albums equate to. Forget Bob Dylan. We're just going to talk about mustard. <laughs> uh, the cover of this record, Good As I've Been To You, is really, it's really something. Um, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It uh, looks it. Well, it's it looks. You sound like unconvinced. It, I mean, I'm just confused. <laughs> There's certain little things about it that are just really weird. Like, how would you describe it? It's it looks like a tie dye thing, sort of like a like or like a the sky at dawn with the sun breaking, sort of bluish purple, and then the bottom is sort of white rays sort of peeking out, but it, lo- it looks, mm-hmm. it looks like mm-hmm. a tie dye shirt. And then the middle, the, you get, you get Bob down the middle and then like black bars on uh, top of him in this black and white photo. But then the, the black bars are open. So, so the lettering is not black and it's like, you can see through to that tie dye thing. But then the top is like revert. It's also just sort of the sky, and then the the bottom of the letter Y is some, is also black. It's a terrible cover. I mean, you're doing a pretty good job of making a this cover sound like some sort of MC Escher like image. It is and it's just a picture of him on a blue background. Yes, but if you look at it, I mean, from a graphic design standpoint, right? If it you study make, all the angles, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, I don't know why this was the one they picked. Like, my favorite part is that the the letter Y has the like the little tail on it is yeah the dip down at the bottom like, becomes black like it, it looks like they try they had to make this design with like a, some kind of arcane set of rules that they had to follow uh otherwise i don't understand why you would make a record cover look like this this was the absolute height of like digital graphic design in 1992. It took a computer <laughs> the size of a bathroom yeah. 36 hours a, a, to render this a city image. block in Manhattan <laughs> to make <laughs> that little that Y turn it from white to black. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I mean, it, why not use the whole square of the of the record? You know, um, you know? to put on to put an image. Uh, why is it like a picture of Bob Dylan that was taken? It looks like it was you know someone taking a photo, like a video with their front facing camera, like <laughs> with their phone like vertical. It looks like a TikTok. His hair is very flat. Yeah. He looks like uh like Adam Sandler. Yeah, I can see it. In, no, you're in, saying all Jews look alike. In rain over over me. Oh, right, right, right. And yes, uh, all Jews look alike, yeah. <laughs> I would like to highlight also, I don't know if you've looked this up here, but I can do a, a screen share here. The back oh, cover. Oh yeah, the back the cover album. is a picture of him like a decade like half a decade at least earlier, right? Yeah, like, accor- according to the book uh, that I have now, this is this is from the Petty Tour in 86. Right. Uh and it's Bob in like a all leather and sleeveless. He's, he's kind of like posing with his bicep bulging a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's on. It's the funniest possible picture to accompany this particular. This is just a fantastic. This is going to have to appear on the Instagram at some point. Oh my god! Well, it's it's hilarious that he has (laughs) this outfit on. I. The music of this completely fits the attitude of this image. It just one hundred percent. It fits it so well. That's what I was going to say, yeah. It fits it so good. He looks like uh meatloaf. <laughs> and he's about at least he is holding an acoustic guitar, so that is <laughs> right. and he has a harmonica uh He's got the harmonica. Stand he appears to be going. wearing fingerless fingerless gloves, fingerless uh, leather gloves. That's right. Uh That's pretty it badass. seems to be the case. Bob Dylan, uh, king of not wearing weather-appropriate clothes, too. I, I've heard or read anecdotes of him, like, wearing, like, a full-length, like, leather duster in, like, Santa Monica in, in, in like, the summer. That sounds appropriate. I really can't stress to you how uh, funny it is that this picture is what they picked for for any part of this the marketing for this album what this is is it's a catfish situation like this this is the po this this is the picture that you post on your tinder profile Mm -hmm. and get everyone to swipe on the back cover and then you show up and all of a sudden it's it's this fucking guy who's there to eat a 30 dollar plate of room temperature sushi with you why the sushi you know, seems like a seems like a thing people. I've never been on a Tinder date, so I don't oh, actually know uh, what, what a, people do. A Tinder date. I mean, uh, sushi should be room temperature, but uh, yes, this album cover works a lot. I hesitate to say better, but better on a on a cassette because the format of the Dylan portrait is. Um, such as that it is so it fits on the right it does actually fit the actual dimensions of a cassette cover <laughs> did they expect to sell more cassettes uh i have so many questions about this 
I mean, it's 1992 by now, so <laughs> good as I've been in a world gone wrong. Oh, <laughs> whoa, uh, yes, yes. Uh, you, you're you reading, uh, uh, what is that? That's like a bootleg, huh? Appears or to be like a bootleg a, fan-made <laughs> compilation. Yes, uh, yes, folks, yes, everyone, everyone yes, knows yes. one of our, this our favorite things to find. The best shit in the world is uh, the the creative names that people uh, fans give to compilation bootleg releases just incredible good as i've been in a world gone wrong you know what i'm about to say good as i've been in <laughs> slain <laughs> in slain good as i've been to slain yeah in a slain gone wrong <laughs> or rather world gone slain <laughs> We're, of course, uh, referring to the famous and legendary Slain show where Bob Dylan <laughs> played in Slain, Ireland. Um, but shall we uh, dive into the music? Yeah, I guess we got to get through the rest of this thing at some point, don't we? I th- yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Maestro? Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Uh, You're welcome. The first track on side B of Good As I've Been to You is called Step It Up and Go. Step It Up and Go. Step It Up and Go. And it's a, it's a jaunty, uh, it's a, it's a toe tapper. It's, it's got some, uh, it's as close to a, a barn burner as you really get on this thing. Right. Yeah, this is another one of the, uh, you know, American blues numbers here. Right. Less of the Anglo folk song kind of thing. It's not uh, Australian. It's yeah, not, certainly not Australian. Um, let's see. Um, you know, it's step it up and go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm listening back to it now. Yeah. That's... Yeah, step it up and go. Yep. Yeah, go. go. It's another uh, another Lead Belly one. Yeah, or one that Lead Belly performed. Uh, could be about. I think, in fact, is about. Uh, you know, the narrator is is being cucked by his girlfriend. Mm. Um, and that's why he's kind of upset. And he's got the blues. You know, it's the it's the the being cucked blues. Talking being cucked blues. Talking could what? be a good alternate title here. Talking, talking, being cucked to the blues. Yeah. Yes. To, or the talking being cucked blues, rather. Talking being cucked blues. Yeah. Yeah. Talking paranoid. I'm being cucked by my significant <laughs> other. Massacre blues. <laughs> you keep saying massacre. It's massacre. No, but massacre is sort of like the the old timey like <laughs> folk folk guy way of saying it. Like is it? A, yeah, yeah. Like the, like you've never heard uh uh Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie? Uh he always it's not he, springing he, to mind. It's like the twenty five minute song about the it's sort of sort of like a story song about Thanksgiving and and the you never heard that. Does he say massacre in it? Yeah, he does. Hmm. It's like a folk nick thing to do, you know. All right. 
I'll let it slide. Tomorrow night is the next song. Um, you know, assuming you've stepped it up and gone. Um, and this song, you, you sent me the Elvis version of that. Mm-hmm. Didn't you? It was pretty good. Yeah. This version has a harmonica on it. Um, do you want to do a little harmonica for, for me? Can you, what you happens know, if you girl- do it and you try to make it sound good? I, I did make it sound good previously. Oh, never mind. Never mind. It, it's okay. <laughs> we, it's fine. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, this song, uh, can you give me any sort of like entomology of uh, like, where did this song come from? Mm. Uh, writ- written by a couple of guys, uh, Sam Koslow and Will Gross. From the dudes who brought you corncob pipe massacre blues. <laughs> um, this song's good. Yeah, it's a good, you know, kind I'm of American. I'm listening back to it, and it's American standard. Yeah, it it actually has uh, something uh, going going like uh, it really does sound like one of those types of songs, like um, something you might hear on Triplicate. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Elvis recorded a version of it. Um, you know, Dylan has said, you know, he he could never imagine himself being like a a prophet type, but but someone like Elvis. He could see himself being someone like that. Right. I really like this one, actually. I'm listening back to it. Just This is really, really sweet. It, it, it wouldn't be out of place on uh, Nashville Skyline. Wouldn't be out of place on Nashville Skyline. Also, honestly, I don't think it would be out of place on Self-Portrait or Triplicate. It's got that, uh, it swings, I'll tell you. I, yeah. I really, this is a highlight for me. I'm going to hit the... Uh, <laughs> A just decided highlight. Uh, like, like heart button on my streaming service uh, app. Correct. So now I'll always remember that this song is in my heart. Interestingly, this song was initially uh, this this record. You know, as as we know, Bob has a history of um, you know, uh, shall we say, um, uh, failing to properly credit the authors and writers of every song that he sings as diligently as some of those around him might expect him to. And on a record like this, which is exclusively covers, you know, that, that becomes even more, uh, even trickier. Yeah. Even more fraught. Uh, and, and apparently this record actually had quite a bit of hoopla surrounding it, uh, over the actual crediting, of, oh really? Uh, yeah, of the of the writers of these songs. Why is uh, it, Jim? It, it just says he should have just avoided all the hullabaloo and said written by Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's basically what he did. Oh, is it? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, apparently, uh, nearly half the songs were incorrectly credited, and in one case uh, for Jim Jones, uh, Bob faced legal action when Australian folk singer Mick Slocum sued him over the arrangement credit oh. which is uh which is i guess what where bob uh pulled it from uh mick slocum and his band the original bushwhackers this sounds <laughs> like something i'm making up but i i assure you it's all true um wow and um and so tomorrow night was initially 
just credited as public domain. Um, <laughs> there, no author. Um, when in fact it was written in 1939 by Sam Koslow and Will Gross. Was it public domain at that point? It was not. No. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pu- it's public. It's public domain. Just say you know you could probably just say something is public domain and like eight nine times out of ten people will just believe you and it's fine. But this is one of those cases where it didn't fly. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, Australia, they they don't have that much going on. I guess that they they really need to defend their cultural contributions, huh? They've got uh, they've got Mick Slocum and the original Bushwhackers, right? I'm just picturing like the guys from Wake and Fright, like the, the you seen that movie? I don't know that I have. Uh, it's about a guy who uh, ends up in, in like the bad part of the Australian outback and um, he just sort of like loses his his, his sense of self and uh, connection with reality on this like nightmarish bender where they he, he, he gets roped in with all these uh, dropout freaks in the bush who murder kangaroos. Wow. And the movie features real footage of kangaroo death. That, that did, did they, did they not have that thing in Australia that runs at the end of movie credits where like, you know, it says no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Well, they couldn't but say that in this case. They don't because, do that down there. Well, they, what they do do down there is kill, uh, the kangaroos to cull the population. And so that's what they, they actually use footage of that. Just a real sick, Sick island full of grotesques. They call it the Yaba. That's the the Yaba. That's the, the like the real the bush. That's the real yeah. outback. That's where you you just uh, drink and drive around in jeeps and and kangaroo blood spills like wine. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I'm. Um, um, rapidly cultivating an anti-Australian uh, uh, ideology here. Well, I don't really like um, that band that much. Uh, Tame Impala. Tame Impala, yeah. They're okay. That's I mean, it's okay. But it's, um, it's a little overproduced. It's corny. What's the next song on here? <laughs> Arthur McBride. Uh, I like this one. This is this one's about pirates, right? No. <laughs> Fuck. Are you kidding me? I thought it. Are you sure? Uh, not unless by pirates you mean uh, Irishmen. Okay. <laughs> is there a song about pirates on here? Not to my knowledge. They do mention. Uh, actually, okay. So they do mention a pirate ship attacks the English uh, prison ship that's sailing to Botany Bay in yes, Jim yes, Jones. Yes, that, that, counts. that counts. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, sure. Okay, there you go. That was a long time ago. Well, as, as much as we might uh, have been denigrating Australia, um, Jim Jones remains one of my favorites from the record. Uh, because it's about pirates. Well, because it's about killing Australians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, 
gonna have to check the the listener stats for Australia <laughs> no, after I, this I, and I, see. I'm a little hot under the collars uh, about this actually. As I, <laughs> as I, uh, the more I I talk about genocide against Australians, the more worried I get uh, about if I'm maybe offending. A resident of the Yabba or a kangaroo. Arthur McBride. Uh, this one is pretty grisly, right? There's like some real uh, uh, dastardly deeds being done. I remember people being left for dead in this song. Yeah, well, this is a sort of an anti war song. Uh, or pacifistic kind of song. Uh, Arthur McBride is an Irishman, uh, the, the cousin of the narrator of the song, uh, who is who is sort of uh, uh, some Englishmen are attempting to enlist him in the English army to you know fight the king's battles. This sounds like uh, Barry and Lyndon. It, it actually does kind of seem like Barry Lyndon uh, now that you think about it. Um, and Arthur McBride, well, unlike Barry Lyndon, Arthur McBride rejects the calling to right. the, the Queen's Army, to the Red Coats, uh. Uh, and and stands up for what he believes in Irish pride. And um, I think ultimately, does he end up okay? Uh, I, yeah, I, I really, I really like the. Um, I guess what I mean to say is I like this song. I like uh, how, it, you like how the way it, it sounds. I was about to say, I like the way it sounds and I like the <laughs> lyrics and I like the way it is. So put those pieces together. It's a, a kind of infectious <laughs> melody, very lyrical and um, yeah, it's good. There's been kind of a sea shanty discourse lately, hasn't there? Yeah, I've been trying to avoid all that. I have not really paid attention. I just saw uh, some people tweeting about sea shanties and so on, and then I saw uh, that uh, Elon Musk had made a a joke or tried to be funny about it, and then uh, to me that just was the... The signal that this was no longer anything to pay attention to, or it wasn't. I think Black Francis recently tweeted that the next Pixies album is going to be all sea shanties about uh, Donald Trump. Did he really tweet that? Because <laughs> did he? No. Oh, uh, because uh, see, I was disappointed. I'm disappointed now. That's the kind of thing that I actually want to hear. You weren't. You weren't disappointed. Uh, enough when you saw him tweeting at Clorox about Baby Yoda? Uh, well, now that I know what he does, you know, like I want to see him do it well. And I think like him making <laughs> a sea uh, shanty album, uh, there's a good chance it's more interesting than whatever the Pixies have done last. Isn't the Kim Deal replacement in that uh, in the Pixies now like a 19 year old girl or something? I think that they it's like the drummer in uh spinal tap like they've gone through like a few of them and just just cycle through every every record i think one of them actually died oh geez but uh the breeders are an underrated group and uh much cooler yeah much cooler and they've only put out good music 
They're a group that has only put out good records. There's not a bad breeders record out there. No. Not one under the sun. The Breeders. Great band. Um, now you're going to you're going to quit me is the next one. Goodbye, Arthur McBride. Fare thee well. And thank you for your service standing and up against the He didn't the British. serve. That, that was the whole point. I mean, for standing up against the British as a, Thank an you for Irish your service man. in not serving. Yes, I'm speaking sure. as an Irishman, right? Uh, as an Irishman would. Thank you, Arthur McBride, for your service <laughs> with uh, for our beautiful land. Thank you for protecting slain, <laughs> <laughs> for protecting slain with your life against he those prob- dastardly he might have been red from slain. Arthur McBride, pride of slain. (laughs) Slain's bravest son. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to type in Arthur McBride slain and see what pops up. Please. Um, Crossing my fingers. Legend has it that when Dylan played at Slain Castle in Mm -hmm. Ireland many years back, the great and the good of Irish music, various members of U2, etc. It's in parentheses. Mm -hmm. Uh, were there to seek an audience with the great one in capitals. Uh, eventually, eventually he asked for Paul Brady, he being Bob. Upon entering Dylan's trailer, Bob handed Paul his guitar and said, show me the chords to Arthur McBride. Are you kidding me? No, this is, I mean, this is just some random forum post from 2012, but that is what it says. So this song wouldn't be on this record without... The, sl- the great slain. slain show. Wow. I love that Bob Dylan is, I mean, he's, you know, regarded as basically a musical god anywhere in the world, but there is something particularly funny about Bob Dylan being like worshipped by Irishmen as, as, a, <laughs> as a god king. They were all coming to to his trailer at Slain. Oh my God! It just Slain just keeps coming back. It's the gift that keeps giving. Uh, God, we we got to do the Slain episode soon. We're gonna do a Slain episode. That might that might have to be Patreon only. Yeah, yeah. No, no way you're getting that. No chance you're getting that for free. <laughs> That's worth five dollars or two fifty, whatever. Maybe maybe we need to change the name of the. The Patreon level from paying blood to pay in slain. Shut up. Uh, you're going to quit me. Uh, the next song from Good As I've Been To You. Uh, you you uh, like this one? Do you like this, Ian? Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a good one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this is uh, another bluesy one. It uh, is bluesy. where the title of the album comes from. Right, Good As I've Been To You. You're gonna quit me, or you're good gonna quit me. To good as you, I've been to you, Lord, and, Lord. which is a, it's a it's kind of a ballsy title for uh, his record here. I actually kind of like that. You know, it's like, oh, and you're you all thought that I was like washed up. Good as I've been to, you, I've given you everything. I've as given good you, as I've been to you. Good as I've been to you. Me. Yeah, I mean the title, good as I've been to you. It's like, it's like, uh, you. You know, he is, I'm not appreciated, you know, it's like saying, how, how are you going to say that you don't like me? 
Bob Dylan. Yeah. Good as I've been to you. You can't say I haven't given you songs upon songs. Everything that you've ever wanted. Yeah. This one's really good, you know. It's right. it's good. It's it's sort of a lilting. Good as I've been to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's very uh, tuneful. Yeah. Thank you. you, you I'm, great job. I'm, 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 I'm just going to start singing on this uh, podcast at some point. Me too. I mean, I feel like that's sort of the natural evolution progression uh, of our podcast. Well, you've got the impressions down. That's not my thing. I, I feel like maybe I'm embarrassing myself with my impressions. Like, I can't tell if I do any of them even kind of well. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly a lot better than whatever my attempts at them would be. That's good enough, I suppose. Um, this is a good song. Um, I don't, I Made famous by Blind Blake, 1927. Well, you don't have to have the, the gift of sight. To, to shame people for not appreciating you enough. <laughs> That's the lesson we can take from this song. You're going to quit me by Bob Dylan. You're going to quit me good as I've been to you. You're going to quit me good as I've been to you. You're going to quit me good as I've been to you. I am going to go ahead and hit like. On my <laughs> streaming service for this song, this can be this can be a new, a new thing. We just, we, we just listen to the songs as we're podcasting about them <laughs> yeah, and just, like them. Just three minute pause. I'm I'm <laughs> not gonna totally pause the action, and we're not gonna we're not gonna hit the pause button. I'm just going to prattle on, half paying attention to what I'm saying. You know that was the original. You know, folks, this will be this is a little peek behind the curtains, behind the scenes. See how the sausage is getting made here in, in old Jokerman factory. But that was something that we were talking about initially when trying to decide what uh, what the shape of this podcast looked like. Instead of doing one episode for one side of the record, another episode for the other side, uh, I suggested at one point that we do just micropods on every song on every album and just one just one episode... 10 minutes on each song well, yeah, and the, so on and so forth. That's what, uh, there's pod Dylan. I think that's called. Do they do Is that what they do? On they there? do a song per episode, an episode per song. Um, I seems like you would run into some challenges when you get to, uh, you know, a record like, uh, good as I've been to you. Well, yeah. Instance. Can you imagine if we just had to do an episode about each one of these? It's hard not each one of these feels like I'm doing an episode. Um, I'm not trying to, uh, complain, you know, um, cause we get some good stuff out of it. Like you're going to quit me good as I've been to you. You're going to quit me. Um, and the next song is a song about our, uh, president probably by the time you hear this. Absolutely. Diamond Joe, brother of big Jim who owned the town's only diamond mind. Yes. Diamond Joe and big Jim diamond Jim, <laughs> big Joe. Let me be the first to congratulate uh, Diamond Joe himself. Uh, you know, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Diamond Joe, for um, bringing <laughs> democracy back. 
bringing on behalf <laughs> on behalf of Black Francis and all the members of Pixies, uh, Jokerman would like to thank Diamond Joe for deporting Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Diamond Trump. Diamond Joe Biden. <laughs> he should go by Diamond Joe Biden. That's cool. Diamond Biden. He <laughs> uh, uh. gave me a string of horses and something, something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the song goes. Yeah. I I didn't hear what he said just now. <laughs> I, I've got it very quiet in one ear. <laughs> just trust us I'm, when we say that it's a great homage to one of the best presents ever. you can ever get. Absolutely. Diamond Joe himself. Uh, this this Diamond Joe's a bad guy for what it's worth. The one the the one of the song. Yeah, he's a he's a greedy landlord, a greedy farm owner who's uh, got a uh, sort of an indentured servant kind of guy, mm. uh, sharecropper, uh, who he's abusing and exploiting. A regular Maggie of Maggie's farm type situation. Right, exactly. Now his bread it was corn dodger, and his meat you couldn't chaw. Nearly drove me crazy with the wagon of his jaw. Meat you couldn't chaw. It's like that's saying chew. <laughs> no, you got to rhyme it with jaw. You can't. Then otherwise, you'd be rhyming it with Jew. Can't chaw. Chaw. It's pretty good. Yeah, meat couldn't. <laughs> meat, meat couldn't. The wagon of his Jew. Yeah. Wagon, wagon of his Jew. Not gonna fly, folks. It would be anti-Semitism to wag a Jew, <laughs> unless, of course, you're Diamond Jim and you are Jewish. <laughs> I think you mean Diamond Joe. Diamond Joe, I'm so sorry. All right, uh, I'm glad that we're ending this. <laughs> um, Froggy went a courting. It's the final. Froggy went a courting, and this is a song about Froggy. Sure, sure is. It's about a frog. It's about a frog uh, wedding, right? Frog wedding. Yep. Frog wants to marry mouse. Uh, the mouse needs to ask uh, her uncle. Her uncle, once again, as is proper for any second, wedding. Second episode in a row. I don't care if have, you're uh, a mouse. I don't care if you're a frog. You must ask your uncle if it's okay for you to be married. Absolutely. And if he doesn't say yes, you and your twin come up with some sort of scheme to kill him. Put him on an exercise bike and make it look like he had a heart attack, and but, then you can get married to the frog. Yes, yeah, so, uh, that's that reminds me uh, of an episode of Columbo, uh, starring uh, Martin Landau. I'm, I'm referencing that because we talked about that in the previous episode. I know that you're referencing that. Okay. <laughs> um. Just this tying why, all the uncles up. Yeah, no, that's why you got to listen to the previous episode. You shouldn't just jump into this one and expect you, you're, you can't just expect to get it all because you're not going to understand our references. Um, Froggy Winter Courtin is, is a sweet little song. It reminds me of uh, Frog and Toad. Yeah. 
This is uh, date. This is uh, we're ending the note on or ending the record on a. This is like a children's rhyme initially. Dates back to 16th century England or Scotland or something. And apparently, it was originally written to mock the Queen, somehow, Queen Elizabeth somehow, because she called all her ministers different names, like different the animal names or something like she had like minister frog and minister mouse and minister cat. And I don't know. It's, a, it's not very clear exactly what the genesis of the song was, but so, somehow it comes from there and relates to mocking. So royals. it's, it's, it's like the nicknames that George W. Bush had for his, uh, for everyone. Right. Yeah. Froggy, you, you know about Donald his, Rumsfeld. His nicknames, right? There's so there's so many good ones. You want me to go through a few? But slam on me. Ostrich legs, Vladimir Putin. Landslide for Tony Blair. Man of Steel. John Howard and Kevin Rudd, two people for Prime Ministers of Australia. <laughs> Silvio Berlusconi, Prime Minister of Italy. He called him Shoes. Pretty good. Uh, Prime Minister of Japan, uh, Junichiro. Koizumi, called him Juni. Um, there's a few really good ones. Oh, uh, he, had, he had a special assistant uh, who gave him breath mints. He called him Altoid Boy. <laughs> Carl Rove called him Boy Genius, the architect, and also Turd Blossom. That's that's a classic. Uh, Hurricane Karen, Karen Hughes, special advisor, director of communication. Uh, God, there's so many. That's of these. where little known fact. That's where the Karen this, meme this comes my, from. My George fa- W. Bush. My favorite one. You in, in in the midst of all these extremely specific ones where there's a name for everybody. It just says Forest Service official, unnamed. The nickname was Tree Man. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. Yeah, Bama and Rock. Can you guess who that is? Barack. Barack. Yeah. Obama. And uh, I could just keep doing this forever. Well, fortunately, we're coming in for a landing here. So you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just scrolling through all of them. The Blade. My Man Mitch. Big Country. Brownie. Brother George. La Margarita. Tangent Man. Tiny, light bulb, bullets, Eminem, horny, scrote, bomba, boner, number three, big boy, Conan the Republican, Jazzman, Pablo, Pedro, Hogan, Big George, Congressman, Kickass, Nelly, Benny, Benator, Ellis, Ollie, Fraser, Sabretooth, and Red. And I'm sure he would have called Bob. Zimmy. Yeah. When he said you can call me Zimmy, he was talking directly to. <laughs> Future president of the United States, George W. Bush. George W. Bush. The once and future president of the United States. How many stars do you give Good As I've Been to You, Evan? I give it two stars out of three. Two? Wow. Yeah, because why not? Just because I don't really like these songs that much doesn't mean that they're not classics. And uh, modern music wouldn't exist without them, probably. If you even removed one of these from the canon... If they were deleted from the timeline of history, I think that shit would start to get very different. Like a butterfly effect kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. And the Slane uh, shows might have been very different. 
the the repercussions would be incalculable. Just the legend, the legendary meeting uh, backstage at Slain, where Bob learned Arthur McBride for the first time. Young Bono, sort of waiting outside of Dylan's trailer, being like, uh, "What did he say to you?" To to whoever went in first before him, and he was like, "He just asked me how to play the chords this." <laughs> a folk folk song, and then Bono be like, "Yeah, cool, cool, cool. That's cool." One star. That's fair. I yeah. mean, I give it two out of uh, you know respect. The kindness of your heart. Respect to uh, Diamond Joe, Arthur McBride, uh, Jack Black, Jim Jones, Jim Jones, Blackjack Davy. Um, Black Francis and uh, a host of other characters. Uh, is there a woman on this? Uh, there's a lot of women who kind of betray men in these songs. Frankie. There? Frankie's a woman. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that song's not as progressive as I thought. <laughs> Back to it's one star now. All right. No, just kidding. It's two. I'll give it two. For, fuck it. No, yeah, wait. No, 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 that's two. Yeah, sure. Who cares? That's that's the motto around here, folks. Who cares? Well, today it is. Well, join us next time when we do two more episodes about another one of these albums that yeah, just yeah. covers but it's different it's a uh world gone wrong is the next one and it's uh i don't know sort of di- bet sort of better maybe maybe you're going to have Delia's to is good yeah uh, i mean the title track world gone wrong didn't get me started because world gone wrong it's- good as i've been to you in a world gone wrong In Slate. Yeah. <laughs> Joker. Oh, me and me cousin one Arthur Mike Bride As we went a-walking down by the seaside Now mark what followed and what did be tied For it being on Christmas morn